I'm gonna ask you guys tonight, what's this? 50 bucks, who would like 50 bucks? Who would really like 50 rand? So I want to ask you something. This 50 rand, if I had to do this, is it still valuable? The same value as what it had before. If I had to step on it, do you think it still retains its value? No matter what I do with it, unless I burn it, obviously, it will still be 50 rand. So why do we, as people, think of us less when God made us who we are? Because he's put a value on us. And our value remains. No matter what has happened to you, no matter what is still going to happen to you, your value remains. And so last week I spoke about an orphan heart. And this week I want to dig a little bit deeper. And tonight we're going to speak about a spirit of rejection. Who knows what rejection is? I'm sure that most of us, most guys, most girls, would know what it feels to be rejected. You're at school. You get to class on your first day. You walk in and you see this incredibly hot babe. For the guys. I'll get to the girls just now. And so the guys, you look at this girl and you're like, she's the best thing since sliced bread. Everything is in the right place. The hair is absolutely perfect. The eyes are just glistening. Everything is 100% beautiful. And you take the whole year to build up courage to talk to her. And on the last day of school, you're like, I'm finally going to do it. And you go and you walk up to her and you want to talk to her. And she's like, who are you? I've never seen you. Who's felt like that for the guys? Come on. Or you've had this girl that you've had your eye on. You eventually get to her and you're like, I really like you. She's like, no, no, it's not going to happen for me. We've all been there. For the girls, you, you get to school and, and as you get to grade eight, there's a couple of grade eights here and guys going into grade eight and you get to high school and you walk in and you suddenly saw this, you see this first team rugby player and everything is where it's supposed to be, not like mine in a cooler bag. At the moment, gravity's winning. So, um, and it, it all looks awesome and it's, everything's in the right place and he's this really cool guy. And, and you, oh, oh. And then he's like, sorry, I'm dating the girl in the first team netball because she's hot. And your heart's broken. Who's had that, ladies? Come on. All right, we've had that. So Proverbs 18 verse 14 says, The human spirit can endure sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? Who's ever suffered from a crushed spirit? So we as people can actually carry wounds that are even deeper than what we realize. 
And 1 Corinthians 2 verse 11 says the following. It says, For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And so many times in our lives, we can actually carry wounds and hurts inside of us that we've forgotten about. Things that happen to us that, that even our own minds can't even remember. Because it's so deep, it's so hidden, and we've actually closed it up. Who's ever had trauma that you've forgotten about? Things that you've experienced where, where it's kind of like you block it out. You can't remember what happened. Because you block it out. And then what happens is you can't understand why you react in certain ways. There can be something that triggers you and you can just explode. And you're like, that's just normal. That's not normal. That, that's not who I normally am. It's not how I normally do things. But you have this reaction that comes out of nowhere. And you see... What happens is when the Holy Spirit comes on guys, so let's use Anthony, come stand by me. I've got to use him because he's a, a nicely built young gentleman. Everything's still in the right place where it's supposed to be. And so Anthony, he's got grass. His wife tackled him outside. So, He's got everything and he's the strong guy. It looks like everything's in the right place. But when the Holy Spirit comes and comes and works and suddenly touches this man, he can fall on the floor like a little ball and cry his eyes out. Because God comes and deals deep down inside of us in places that no one can see, no one can touch except the Holy Spirit. Thanks, Anthony. You see, because the Holy Spirit is the only one that can get there. And you see, what happens is the spirit of rejection comes, and what it does is when it comes into you and it becomes a part of you, what it does is it, the, the enemy comes and he likes to make knots inside of you. Like taking a rope and making a knot on it, or like a shoelace, for instance. When, you, when you're trying to tie your shoelace and you didn't tie it properly and now it's got a knot in it. And you sit there for like 20 minutes trying to undo the knot. And so what happens is when, when the enemy has come and he's made a knot inside of you because of this rejection, because of this hurt that you carry inside of you, you can't actually move forward into what God has for you because there's always something in the way. And so the Holy Spirit wants to come and he wants to actually come and break that. And you see, as soon as pressure in a situation gets applied, when you get into a relationship with one another, when you just get married, so Evie and Tarina's been married just, just for a year now, right? So they were all loving one another. Anthony and Elenix got married recently as well. And it's like, oh, it's wonderful. I love you. Oh, wonderful. I look at you in the morning and you're beautiful. You're wonderful. You're everything. And then suddenly you put the toilet paper the wrong way. Because some people like it towards the wall. Some people like it the other way. Some people like squeezing the toothpaste at the bottom. And some squeeze it at the top. Who squeezes the toothpaste in the middle? There we go. Who squeezes it from the top, bottom? 
right? And so it frustrates you. And as soon as that pressure starts mounting in situations, suddenly that knot inside of you explodes. And it starts being revealed because the pressure gets turned on. And the Bible says that Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit as our comforter to come and to actually start undoing these knots inside of us. The things that keep us in bondage. And how does rejection begin? How do we get rejection? Number one, we get it through our family line. We get it from our parents. Because you see, broken people raise broken people. Because if your parents are broken, 99% of the time, you're going to be broken as well. Because we make mistakes. Because you see, when parents suffer from rejection, there's a high chance that the child will be born with the spirit of rejection. And I've told this story many times before. I was born with rejection. Because when my mom and dad fell pregnant with me, my mom and dad, they were going through a tough time and they were looking to divorce each other. And my mom found out that she was pregnant with me and she said, really, do I have to have this child? And at that moment, the enemy came in and took a hold of me. And when I came out, I was the child that you never wanted. I was colic. I screamed 24-7. I was tied to a tree so that I couldn't play in the toilets. I was past difficult because of what I carried inside of my heart, because of what was transferred from my parents. You see, children are trained in the pattern of rejection. And so what happens is when parents are broken, kids become broken. And they think it's normal. They think that's the way how they need to react. And Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, Train a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So we as parents have got such a big job of how we train our children. Because if we do something wrong and we put it on our kids, what we've had, we're actually just transferring it across to them. The second thing that comes through our womb, from a woman's womb, and normally it is adopted babies. Most adoptive children have got rejection. Illegitimate babies, they suffer from rejection if it's not prayed over. Unplanned babies by parents. Kim and I had to repent in our lives because we fell pregnant with Tyra Lee and we just thought, yes, we're going to recover. And we found out Levi was on the way. And we were like, and Kim was like, Lord, I don't have guts for this. And we actually had to go and we had to go and repent and say, Lord, thank you for the blessing that you've given us. And we love our son. He's lots of work, but we love our son. And it even happens through rape. Where babies are brought into this world through rape. And there is rejection that sets in. And you see, rejection wants to keep you captive. Because if it keeps you captive, 
like I said last week, it can isolate you. I want to use a life study tonight on someone in the Bible that you guys know really well. The story of Moses. Who knows the story of Moses? You know that Moses suffered from rejection? Because Pharaoh, right in the beginning, wanted to kill all the babies that was in Egypt. So his parents, in the best way that they thought possible, they went and they took him and they put him in a basket and they pushed him down the river. And later, eventually, he got there and his, his sister looked at him and Pharaoh found him and she adopted him and brought him into his family, into Pharaoh's family. But Joseph knew that he was different. He knew that he was adopted and he didn't fit in. Moses. There we go. And Isaiah, in Exodus 2 verse 10, he was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. In Exodus 2 verse 12, it tells you the story that he was walking the one day and he saw a Pharaoh soldier busy beating a Hebrew guy. And then what he did was he got angry and he went and he looked around and he said, glancing this way and that way, seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and he hid him in the sand because he thought no one saw. So he became angry, he had anger problems that were so evident in his life. In Exodus 3 verse 11, it says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He looked at himself and he said, God, but how can you use me? How can I do what you've called me to do? Because I'm not good enough. I can't even speak properly. And God had an answer for everything that Moses struggled with. In Exodus 18, 14, it says that his father-in-law came to him because he was actually working himself to death because he tried to solve everyone's problems because he trusted no one else. And he actually had to go and he had to bring other people in to help judge Israel because he was going to get killed if he tried to do it on his own. Exodus 32.11, he saw himself as an outsider. Whenever he spoke to God, he said to him, your people. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Oh Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people? He never saw himself as part of Israel because he never said, Lord, why is your anger burning against us? But he was saying against your people. He was pointing at the Israelites as if he wasn't a part of them. In Numbers 20, verse 9 to 12, I'm not going to necessarily read it. But at the end, Moses never actually entered the promised land. And why? Because he became angry. Because he became angry and he didn't do what God told him to do. Because he had this almost like a, a resentment in his own heart. And you see, when rejection comes into us and takes a hold of us, it brings a couple of friends along. Who likes to go on a road trip with a couple of friends? Okay? You don't want to do things by yourself. And so it's the same thing with rejection. 
Rejection brings rage. Who gets heavy angry? And here's a couple of questions I want you to look into your own heart tonight. And what I'm talking about tonight, if, if what I'm saying is picking a little string or pulling a little string or touching something in your heart, don't close yourself off. Because God wants to come and he wants to set us free. Even if it's a little bit. Because that little bit can become big. Number two is a spirit of arrogance. Shifting the blame. It wasn't Adam and Eve in the garden. When God went to Adam, he said to him, Adam, what did you do? It wasn't me, it was her. And when he went to Eve, he said, she said, no, no, it was the snake. I'm not going to do Andrew's joke. It's just lame. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> the devil couldn't defeat himself because he didn't have a leg to stand on, apparently. He couldn't defend himself. But you see, we never want to take responsibility for the actual things in our own life. Number three is pride. When you think you're all okay. Oh, I don't need that. I don't need prayer. I'm, I'm okay. I don't need anything in my life because I'm happy. Do you know that murder actually comes in there as well? Because you see, we start slandering other people. And we start murdering them with our words. And sometimes we can even murder people for real. My father-in-law is one of those guys. He absolutely loves crime and investigation stuff. And 99% of all the guys' things that he's watched, it's guys that grew up that had these things in their lives. That murdered people, that killed people because of rejection, because of the way that they grew up. Self-pity, feeling sorry for yourself, sulking. Who likes to sulk? When you don't get something your way, you go and sit in a corner and you sulk. Because that's a fruit of rejection. Victim mentality. Whenever you think yourself as a victim... No, everyone's against me. The world hates me. I saw, it, I saw a poster yesterday in the mall at the movies. I'm so glad Lyle's here. It says, La Lyle Crocodile. I thought it was awesome. But he's not a crocodile. But you see, the thing is, we get this victim mentality where we feel that the world is totally against us. People hate us. My family hate me. No one wants to really be in my space. And we start viewing everyone like that. So we start pushing people away because we don't want to let them in. And the last one is manipulation. Manipulate. To get your way. I'll do this for you if you do this. My kids are brilliant at it. They manipulate Shannon. Then Shani has something nice, then Levi's like, you know, Shannon, I'll give you this if you give me a little bit of that. I'll print you on the 3D printer if you give me your chicken nuggets. But then nothing ever gets printed on the 3D printer. 
And you see, we manipulate people to get our way. Does that, does that show you something about yourself tonight? You see, people that suffer with rejection, one of the key things is they come across in the beginning like wonderful people. They come across like they are so pleasant, they're wonderful. And then what happens is as soon as that thing starts rising up inside of them, they start feeling insecure, vulnerable, and intimidated. And so what they do is they start lashing out at people. We start lashing out and hurting people. So use an example. I know this is quite deep stuff that I'm talking about tonight. So let's say I grew up and I got hurt by my mother. And my mother was really horrible to me when I was growing up. I will tend to want to get married to Kim and I will love her in the beginning. A couple of weeks into our marriage, I'll start lashing out at her because I will project all of my hurt that I've had from my mom onto my wife. She'll never be good enough. I'll always be manipulating. I'll always be hurting. I'll always be angry and actually abuse her because I'm trying to crush her for the sins of my mother against me. The second thing that they do is they go and they live in this fantasy world. They create a world where they are the center of everything. We do it. We try and make it. It's all about us. We believe that we're never wrong. We shift the blame. We tell lies. And eventually we believe our lies so much so that we get caught by our own lies. We emotionally punish people. We punish them. Because you're wrong. It's not me. We bully. We bully others. We refuse accountability. We don't like people in our space. We pull away because, no, 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 I, I don't want you getting close because you're going to see who I really am. We control and we dominate because we see people and things like property. We have anger issues. You throw things. God dealt massively in my wife over the past 15 years. When Kim and I got married, Kim was angry. She used to throw pots at me. Luckily, they missed me most times because her aim wasn't great. But Kim had that in her heart because my wife was technically an orphan. Because her real father abandoned her and went back to the UK. She met her dad for the first time after we got married in 2008. was the time she met her dad for the first time. But you see, my wife could have kept it like that and she could have used it as an excuse. But she allowed God to deal with her heart today. And Kim has moved from here to here because she was willing to adjust. Because you see inside of us, the enemy comes and he tries to lie to us. And a person that suffers from rejection cannot love you normally. They normally hate being hugged. They can't be intimate. They battle with affection. 
Because that thing is inside. And it controls us. And the enemy uses it so hectically. In John 10 verse 10. Levi suddenly got very tall. It says that the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, the enemy wants to come and to steal from you. He wants to come and take from you by causing rejection, hurt, and brokenness. Because you see, it comes through a lie. You walk into church. I'm going to use Andrea as an example. Can I? Andrea walks into the church and no one greets her on Sunday because they're either busy or they're doing something. It's not their intention. But Andrea says, sure, you know, this Sunday no one greeted me. Next week she comes back to church and she's already on her guard because she's already like, hmm, you know. And then we've got Warren walks past her and he's accidentally looking somewhere else and he bumps her. And, and he just carries on walking because he's, he's in his thought. Then she's like, yeah, check, you know, the church now, they're starting to push me around too. Because it starts as a lie. Because that's how the enemy get, gets you, is a lie. And eventually, if he does it enough, you eventually believe it. And you think that that's just how it is. And I want to tell you the story about Cain and Abel. In Genesis 4, verse 2 to 7, it says, Later she gave birth to, a, uh, to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord looked at, in favor on Abel and his offering. Next one, Levi. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was, was downcast. And then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Cain and Abel. And the story tells you that Cain brought some of his stuff. Abel brought the first fruits of what he had. And Cain, Cain got upset. And God warned him and said to him, Cain, if you're not careful, bro, you're going to get taken out by the devil. Said to him, you need to, it's sitting at the door wanting to pounce on you. It's like Matthew sitting here. And I'm a tiger. I'm sitting at the door ready to pounce on him. If he's not careful. Because sin is there to pounce on him. The enemy wants us to be caught up in that stuff. Because sin is at the door and it wants to rule over you. So how do we respond to rejection? There's three things. Number one, 
There's the branches. You know that branches carry fruit, right? Then there is the trunk of the tree. And then there's the roots. The roots that actually keep the tree alive. So what we can do is, is we can go and we can cut a tree. We can cut all the, all the branches off. We can make it look all pretty. What is those little lolly lollipop trees? There we go. Those lollipop trees, you can cut them in all like really pretty shapes and make them all pretty and round and they look awesome. Leave them for a couple of weeks and what happens? The branches has grown out and it looks terrible again. So what you need to do is you need to cut it back again. Because you see, every time you just cut off and you actually deal with just the outside things that are happening, you constantly have to deal with it because you're not actually dealing with the problem. You can take a tree and you can cut the trunk off. You can cut it off. That tree will eventually grow because it's still not dead. It still has roots pulling resources into that tree and it will grow a new tree. The only way that you can get rid of something is by killing the roots, by taking the roots out. And the word radical, because sometimes we need to take radical action on those things in our lives. And it comes from a Latin word, redix, which means the root. To basically mean to go at the root of that problem. And how do we deal with the roots? I want to ask you tonight here, has someone ever hurt you? Is there someone that you carry hurt against? Is there someone you, you miff at? Anyone? You can be honest. Okay? We miff at people, and we still carry things because it creates a reaction. Because when I said that, everyone was thinking in their head, hmm, I wonder who. And if someone's name popped into your mind, it means that you've got something in your heart against that person. Because you see, the only way we deal with roots and those things of unforgiveness and of actual rejection in our lives is by actually going and forgiving those that hurt us. And then we need to go and we need to ask forgiveness from them for those that we have hurt. Because we need to go and we need to sort that thing out. The Bible tells us in, in 1 Corinthians, when we go to the table and we have the Lord's Supper, it says, if you've got anything in your heart, go and repent. Go and deal with it. And we need to ask Jesus to come into our situation. To come and help us deal with our hurt and our brokenness. Because you see, Jesus paid it all. And Isaiah 53, I want to read it. Who has delivered our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot. Like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. The next one, Levi. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. 
The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Because Jesus was punished for our sin, that we might be forgiven. Jesus was wounded for our sicknesses, that we might be healed. Jesus was made sickness itself, that we might have health. Jesus became poor for our sakes, that we might have his wealth. Jesus died our death, that we might have his life. And Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 to 14 we read that scripture together. And it says, For he has chosen chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to have been adopted as sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given to us in the one that he loves. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He has lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together on the one head, even Christ. Because in Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of His glory. Carry on. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth. The gospel of salvation, having believed, you were marked with him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to praise of his glory. And I've highlighted a couple of things that Christ did for us. And tonight I want you to close your eyes while I read these last things. And tonight I want to say that rejection can come and steal from you. Rejection can come and keep you in bondage and keep knots inside of you so that God cannot use you into everything that you have for Him. Like Moses, you can miss everything that God has for you if you do not allow Him to come and set you free. Because you see, Jesus, He chose us. God chose us, each one of us tonight that are sitting here. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. You're not just something that someone did and you're like the joke of the planet. God chose you for a time such as this. He chose you to be called His sons and daughters. He predestined us 
to be called sons and daughters. In His blood, we have the forgiveness and redemption of our sins. And He has brought us revelation to understand the mystery of Christ. He's revealed Himself to us. And tonight, He wants to reveal Himself to you. He wants to bring us into unity, into His body, being part of family, because He's never called us to be lone rangers. He's never called us to be on our own. Number six is He has a plan for you. At the moment, maybe tonight, you cannot see that plan. You don't know. You think you're just living from day to day to day. But God has a plan for you. And we have the gift of the Holy Spirit that wants to come and He wants to heal the deepest parts of our hearts. The deepest parts that no one has ever been able to get to. The things that have kept us in bondage the things that we run to. Tonight, if you've got sin that you just can't get free of, tonight I'm throwing out their porn. Most men, most women today are caught in porn. They always run back to porn when you try and get out of it because that person on that little thing, on that TV screen, on that computer screen, they don't reject you. So you feel it's easy. It soothes your own self. And so in that place tonight, many of us run to other things to satisfy because we carry this rejection in our hearts and we cannot understand that how can a God love us like He does. But tonight we believe that lie because the enemy is the deceiver. He is the one from the beginning that has deceived Adam and Eve. And these people here sitting here tonight, you've been lied to. The devil has come and he's taken you for a ride. And tonight, Jesus wants to set you free. And he wants to take you from being an orphan and he wants to make you a son. Tonight, he wants to come and he wants to deal with that rejection. He wants to deal with that thing that the enemy uses to hold you in bondage and he wants to set you free. Because he is a God that loves you. And so I want to throw up the floor tonight. If you're one of those people that have a problem with rejection, you struggle when people want to love you. You can't understand why you always hurt people. You can't understand why you always feel like you're being left out. You're alone. Tonight you carry unforgiveness against your parents. Against teachers. 
against people in authority because they've hurt you, because they've done things against you where you're feeling like rejection has taken a hold. And tonight, God wants to set you free. And I want to invite you to come to the front here. I know for the past couple of weeks, we've been praying for lots of people. Because God wants us to be free so that we can move into what He has for us. Even tonight, as a husband and a wife, and you haven't treated your wife well, wives, you haven't treated your husband well, come. Let's pray for you. Because Jesus has come to set us free. And the Holy Spirit wants to come and move in you. He wants to come and wash over you tonight. And you can be free. Because it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So if you're one of those people tonight, we want to pray for you. I want you to come and join me in the front. Don't miss the moment tonight. Jesus as these guys are praying for these guys standing in the front here tonight Father I want to pray for everyone sitting in their chair tonight Father we want to be free Lord every area of our lives Lord we want to walk into what you have for us Lord tonight we want to be called your sons and your daughters Lord, and we want your Holy Spirit to flow over us tonight. And Father, I pray for each one of them standing here tonight, Lord, as we pray for them. Father, we pray that you would come and that you would bring life. Life by your Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would come and that you would flow, that you would breathe upon each one. In a new way, Lord. Father, that you would come and that you would set free by your Holy Spirit. Lord, because you are good. Lord, you are a good, good Father. And Lord, as these guys come and they, they've run out to you, Father, I pray tonight, Lord, that, that you would be to them like the Father was to the prodigal son. Lord, that is, when he was afar off, Lord, you came and you brought him and you saw him and you ran to him and you loved him. And Father, I pray that you would just come and that you would pour out your spirit, Lord. The guys are going to carry on praying in the frontier for the rest of you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. I hope that the Lord will be with you guys, that you would have an incredible week, that in the comms on Wednesday nights, you guys will have just an incredible time together. And then, guys, remember next week, Sunday, Milani will be out. If you trust in the Lord for a prophetic word, please come. She's quite, quite sharp.
and uh, she's she definitely definitely on par so please invite family invite friends bring guys across come and join and uh, have a wonderful week <laughs>